Hello, hey, uh, welcome to the fifth episode of Two Teaspoons of Positivity. The date is the 25th of October and the time is 12.15 a.m. EST. Wait, 12.15 p.m. EST. Oh god. As you can see, my brain is already on the fritz. So, and I decided to sit down and find stories stories which are way more detailed and will need a lot more explanation because of course I did I'm very big brain like that anyway uh, I have a lot of good news to share but let's first tackle the first the new story that I found because these are very interesting Anyway, our first story comes from the cargo shipping industry. So, the global cargo shipping industry accounts for roughly 2% of all greenhouse emissions worldwide. That is concerning and people or investors who under who have a lot of stake in this industry know that they need to make some more eco-friendly changes to ensure that they continue to have an industry so but uh, even though they understand that a change needs to be made building on that idea has proven difficult because heavy-duty cargo shipping requires a lot of horsepower because I'm assuming the term is horsepower but yeah, it, it needs a lot of heavy stuff uh, it needs a lot of uh, it needs fuel that is a lot more efficient and a lot more uh, accessible and expendable so it's it is as they they claim that it is the only reason which is keeping them from making reducing their carbon emissions my statement is that we can't we can't be more eco-friendly because if we did amazon packages would would be delivered weeks and months after being ordered because Longer in a in a nutshell, electric vehicles are slower, <laughs> especially when it comes to powering cargo ships. Cargo ships, trains. Well, like I, I just kicked myself <laughs> because the moment I said trains, I realized that Japan has, Japan has had the magnetic levitation and bullet trains which are eco-friendly for I think decades at this point so but then that's one country one island country and we are talking about an industry that spans the world so it requires the brain of someone who is a lot less sleepy and a lot more learned than me 
anyway uh, the good news is that there is this company called Volunius Marine they announced in September that they have a prototype which can change how the heavy duty cargo shipping industry operates so their they their prototype is called the ocean bird and it is essentially titanic but instead of having those huge three huge smokestacks it has like seven gigantic sails i it ha- oh okay it has five gigantic sails at least in this picture it does you can google it uh, Wolnius Marines Ocean Bird or just google wind powered cargo ship so their plan is that they're saying that the ocean bird can carry somewhere around 7000 cars or any equivalent weight across the ocean by while cutting carbon emissions by 90% that is huge if one single ship can cut down its carbon emission by 90% imagine how much a fleet of 200 could do or 1000 or 5000 it's amazing okay so when fully extended the ocean bird's wing like sails stand at 80 meters tall and it is going to use the power of the air the power of the wind to propel the ship forward so <laughs> it's evolving but backwards but it's it's part i guess i mean it's not exactly a step backward we are not going back to the days when ships were made out of wood and had sails and sails on them because the size and the man the manner of operating them is completely different so i think the highest sail ever has been let me just google it okay so there was this ship that was built in the year 1902 the royal clipper and it had five masts five masts sorry uh five masts that were at their height oh okay it's not even the biggest oh god <laughs> okay five masts yeah i don't know the height of the masts Sincerely apologize for this, for this digression. But I really need to find out uh, tallest mast in the world. Okay, tallest mast on a ship. Okay, yeah, ninety meters. Okay, so this is for the yacht, and this is very recent. So this company in called Magma Structures in Portsmouth. has created the tallest carbon yacht masts masts in the world god so yeah it it hmm i'm assuming that the masts that 
old ships used to have weren't as tall as 80 meters I'm assuming it was around 20 meters 15 to 20 meters and I'm being generous here so yeah it's going to be 80 meters tall and it's going to use math to figure out which way the sail should turn in order to catch the most air and that's interesting because earlier all the best was I think a wind a, a wind vane or a weather gauge now you have math I mean yeah it's the more I talk about it the more it feels like a step backwards which is a weird statement to wrap your head around because if we are taking a step back that means that humanity reached the peak of um, of dominating the oceans somewhere around 1600s <laughs> hey. anyway it's, it's good it's nice and like this this won't be for okay uh, they have a few more they have more numbers so they are saying that fossil fuel cargo ships often complete the, their journey in eight days I don't know what the starting point and the finish and the end point is but let's say that any distance traveled the longest distance traveled by a few cargo fuel fossil fuel cargo ships takes eight days and the the ocean bird here will only take 12 that's four days more but it is coming at a 90% decrease in carbon footprints that's a good deal I do not mind waiting an extra week if if what I'm getting in return is 90% reduction in carbon footprints. That's nice. Okay, so they have also said that they will be the company, Volunius Marine. Yeah. They are saying that they will be attaching a clean fuel system synced to an auxiliary engine which will move the ship in and out of harbors. So this is interesting because it pro- it will open up the possibility of using the technology in the cruise ship industry. Although nowhere, I think we will have to wait till the end of 2029 to see this happen. Ocean birds being used for cruise ships. Cruise ships have a ton of other problems um, there is this there is this comedian Hassan Minhaj and he had this channel called the Patriot Act it was based on some the name comes from a piece of US legislation and that is all I know about that and he talked about he did an episode on cruises so, if you want, you can check it out. I liked it. I, it made me realize how 
horrible something so exotic can be anyway that took way too much time so let's transition to our next story which comes from europe so in 2021 which is two months away oh yeah it's already may 5th hey halloween's in 6 days 6 days yeah so by 2021 one in seven cars sold in the eu will be electric and the reason why this is a statement this is going to be a this is a fact and not an estimation is because of certain strict co2 emissions regulations which were recently passed by the european parliament by recently i mean before the pandemic so electric cars electric car sales have tripled this year as compared to 2019 and they are expected to climb steadily by 15% and absorb a significant portion of the total market share by next year oh so uh, the regulations have been in place through the through the last decade what anyway uh, so that's good news everyone's going to i think one of my friends is also in dubai electric car yeah they got a job as a little they got a job delivering stuff so like this cozy little cupcake shop nearby so they they recently opened i like them they nice. they good they good people like yeah they they have almost no money but i mean business is booming but it's not at the point where they can give their employees vehicles so till now most of the employees were just using cycles so i think she will be the first one i think first and youngest to have to have worked there and have a have an electric vehicle i hope there is a salary for that because uh, i i've heard people talk about this the restrictions and how it's becoming difficult for some people and how it's good news for some people and the major problem that everyone seems to agree on is the fact that getting uh, starting out like once you buy it once you buy an electric vehicle for the first few weeks i think i have heard people say that the first few weeks are a little anxiety inducing because you all the thought that your car will run run out of juice in the middle of commute is always there in the back of your mind because you're not used to you you have no idea how to gauge uh, your vehicle's mileage 
there is uh, some there is some level of uh, reliance that we have on fossil fuels especially in cars like even if it's i remember uh, whenever my father used to drive even in like i used to i i my i had my eye on the uh, the fuel gauge and it was like one uh, like inches not even inches just centimeters away millimeters away from that big capital e and he was just driving like this <laughs> like he had all the fuel in the world anyway uh, i apologize for the digression let's come back to the story so the restrictions which have which were put in place which have uh, led to this boom in electric uh, in the sale of electric vehicles is supposed to stagger or maybe be replaced by certain international agreements and targets and the international agreements and targets are supposed to help cement the progress that we have made so once we reach that level we can reorganize our priorities and ensure that the climate crisis is averted and we can progress as a, and we can progress by leaps and we can continue progressing by leaps and bounds scary is the fact that the eu emission standards that will come into effect next year they are going to be a lot more stringent and that the only uh, the only uh, entity for which this could be bad news uh, essentially industries like fossil fuel industries and manufacturing industries especially car manufacturing industries the uh, car manufacturing companies so it says here that eu parliamentarians wish to increase the already tight restrictions of 37.5% to 50%. Oh my god, that is huge. And certain German automotive industry groups have said that the restrictions are already very ambitious, which is just nonsense. Firstly, because it reflects it is it, it reflects the core of conservatism. I am sorry for being political all of a sudden but I feel like we should be discussing this. So I was uh, recently I was yesterday I was doing that, yeah. <laughs> yesterday I was working on a PowerPoint presentation on the end of the first world war and the what I did was I <laughs> I I downloaded someone else's PowerPoint presentation which some teenager had made and i just took points from that and and tweaked my presentation a bit more so this uh, teenager what she had done was that she had uh, displayed a lot uh, a few of the political ideas 
which were prevalent during the time when the first world war ended so liberalism conservatism um nationalism and a few other ideologies were listed there i remember reading about conservatism and their idea is essentially that change should be gradual change should not be radical and <laughs> the one problem that i have with that is it's is that i feel that it is the equivalent of saying that you should not work out no allow me to rephrase hmm. it's like saying that maybe you can have maybe you can have today as a cheat day because you're not supposed to gain you're not supposed to get ripped in a week it's supposed to take months and months if not years so change is supposed to be gradual so there is no need to have radical ideas hmm. <laughs> and the problem with that, with that is that irrespective of how radical the idea is change is going to be gradual no matter what it takes for a, for a single individual it takes around 30 to 90 days to inculcate a habit into their lifestyle so if you say that you want to wake up at 5 am every day you have to start you have to wake up at 5 you have to practice waking up at 5 am you have to you have to spend that entire month of being disturbed by your cell phone alarm or your normal alarm and getting developing that pavlovian anger towards your alarm ringtone for a month before the day comes when your sleep just vanishes around 5 am so for an individual it is already too much time it is already a gradual process so if we scale that up to a society or a community the time it takes for the community to change is going to increase by months and years but having a conservative idea kind of keeps them from progressing if you know that all you have to do is lose 1 pound by the end of the month then you are going to be a lot lazier you're not going to put in the effort you <laughs> you're going to eat junk food at whenever possible and then you are going to try and work in the last week and then you'll be and then you'll be you'll have lost a lot of water weight you'll you'll not be feeling very healthy but at the end of the day you will have lost that one pound is that healthy it's not it's not even sustainable but knowing that you have to lose 20 pounds by the end of the month ensures that your expectations are at a certain level and that your efforts will be will mirror your goals and even if you fall short of that you will have made considerable progress you will have something to show for it even if you are able to lose 15 or 12 pounds it'll it's way better than losing a single pound by being lazy the whole month and then putting in work the last week i hope i really hope that this analogy 
is helpful for anyone who's listening because conservatism has a lot of problems and i do not believe that we at this point in our lives in the story of humankind i genuinely do not believe that we can rely on conservatism maybe we could have 100 or 200 years from now but we cannot afford it like the next generation will not survive if if we lean towards conservatism and by the next generation i do not mean your children i mean your brother <laughs> i mean your your younger sibling oh my god i just realized that i got really negative i'm so sorry uh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say. I didn't mean to sound so negative. Um, good news is, uh, I can't pronounce the names of all these companies, but there are one, two, three, four, seven, ten, eleven, twelve companies. Okay, uh, there are twelve companies in total who meet EU's. CO2 emission standards even though they are not a part of they even though they in the uh, majority of their business is not generated within the European Union which is interesting like it it's nice to know that companies that have headquarters and markets outside of Europe are still aiming or uh, are, are still aiming to stay within the restrictions imposed by europe especially for this thing it it shows it it shows to me how much they value the uh, how much they value the ideas of their uh, of their customers how much they value the environment and how strict their uh, work ethic is so that's nice Was too much in this today. I'm so sorry. I'll, I have to start uh, getting up at 5 a.m. from tomorrow. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about something, some other things as well. So it was multitasking, which one should not do when they are supposed to be sharing important. stories with people in order to make their days better in order to make their day better so the good news is that uh, i was i was checking like before i started uh, before i started the podcast i checked the analytics and turns out i have an established audience of two people that made me happy <laughs> people who are watching this thank you so much for listening <laughs> i hope these stories help you i hope they make you i hope they make your day better you made my day better and i see
sincerely apologize if you have any problems with the podcast i am working on it <laughs> like i am the kind of person who would who likes to be a fly on the wall in most conversations and this is this miles away from my comfort zone this is light years away from my comfort zone oh god Yeah, I think that was the only good news I had. Oh, uh, right. Um, because I am supposed to start. So the I, uh, the friend that I talked about earlier, yeah, uh, she said she wants to. So she works for three hours, and for three hours a day, and I think seven days a week. Yeah. So her shift starts from. I think four or five, and it goes into it usually goes into nine, ten. Even though it is, it even though she said that they agreed on three hours, and it's not it's not that they are forcing her. It's she is just that kind of a person. She likes being able to help people. So uh, she said that this job is way too tough for her uh, physically because she has never been in a position where she has she had to carry important food items and travel significant distances just to deliver them. So she is facing two problems: <laughs> one, she has to carry food; second, she has to walk a lot. And third, she can't eat the food. <laughs> like I was talking to her, uh, I think yesterday, and that the that conversation lasted for two hours, and an hour and a half was her just ranting about how good the food smells <laughs> and how she hates face masks because she can still smell the food and how she can't eat it. <laughs> So I will be working with her to make sure she has her stamina improves and she gets a little more flexible and stronger so that just so that she this so that she doesn't suffer an injury during her tenure So for that I need to wake up at 5 I need to do my own exercises and then i need to go and help her so for that i have been so the plan was made i think this friday and i have not exercised <laughs> i have not done any exercise in months so i got to work i i did some stretches i did some basic strength training I believe I am at the level at the level where I can keep up with her without injuring myself because she has been doing solid cardio for I think a week now. Yeah. Anyway, now 
that has been our segment two teaspoons of positivity i would like i would like to thank the two people listening to this and i hope you enjoyed it thank you so much for tuning in and now i am going to tune out bye bye